Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 54 of the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. We're a little late on recording this Thursday, May 11th, because we've been dodging tornadoes all night long in the Oklahoma City metro area. Kevin, what radio, what television station do you and your family watch to stay ahead of the storms? Well, as you know, I am not a native to Oklahoma, right? So I've only been doing this for almost six years now. But ever since ever since I've been here, it's been News Nine. And that guy, what's his David Payne? Is that his name? Wow. That's what we usually have it on. Wow. David Payne gets a little fired up for me. He's a That's what I've heard. Over the top. I heard he used to be worse though. He used to be even more animated and more, I guess, uh kind of sensationalizing things, getting He's people too sens- amped up. He sensationalized the crap out of things. Um I listen. For years and years and years, I've been in a a News 4. I stay forewarned. Uh, I love uh, Mike Morgan and his Christmas ties in May and the whole thing. Emily Sutton is America's sweetheart. Um, But I've started gradually shifting over uh, to Damon Lane on Channel 5. He just, he's just kind of the whole package. Okay. You know, your boss, Jessica, um, COO for Brown O'Haver. Uh, we are adjusters for the insured, not the insurance company. If you've been affected by the storms today, call 405-735-5510 and ask to speak to Jessica. Jessica Isom has the biggest crush on Damon Lane. Uh, Damon Lane. It's crazy. Okay. She sees him at Walmart all the time, and she talks about how she gets weak in the knees. And it's pretty funny, dude. And I know that John Isom's probably her husband's probably listening to this right now. And I'm sure he knows about it. If he doesn't know about it. I would it, imagine he he's aware it. about it. If he doesn't know about it, he needs to know about it because I mean she her eyes kind of glaze. Listen, Jessica Isom's a very professional woman. She's a chief operating officer of an incredible company. We are so happy to be able to work for her. She's amazing. But her eyes glaze over when she talks about Damon Lane. And She's got me convinced, dude. And so I'm, I watch Damon Lane now. Hey, I might have to switch if that's the case. See what um, the hype is about. Yes. But um, one of the dudes. So he's got Jonathan Condor there who's, who's responsible for like drawing on the radar. That guy is like he geeks out, man. It's like nerd central. And it's pretty interesting to watch him. And then I'm my mind's spacing on the lead uh, storm tracker. Now that guy is. He gets a little fired up. But anyway, it's a good balanced one. If you're looking for, if you're new to the area and you're saying, how do I, you know, listen, you got to enjoy storm season because if you don't enjoy it, it makes for a very long month and a half. Yeah. You got to make the best of it, man. You, you got to. You, you just like my, my girls were in there baking tonight while we're watching it. It's like, look, you can get worked up every time it happens. And listen, we're all, we all lived in more 2013. This could be a 20 year reunion. I mean, not a 20-year, a 10-year, not reunion is the wrong word, a 10-year anniversary since that tornado hit. I know that some people have gone through some stuff. And so that's, I'm not trying to minimize that. But day-to-day, man, these storm things get going, they get fired up. And if you get worked up on every one of them, you're going to have some high blood pressure and you just got to, I don't know, enjoy stay game. Calm, but stay calm, but stay aware, right? 
Dude, you got to stay weather aware, dude. You have to stay weather aware. Um, yeah, we've had some people, man, just in, in my experiences being here who were asleep when their house got hit by a tornado or who just weren't paying attention, had no idea it was coming, and you can get caught into, into a pretty bad situation. Okay, this is the Boomer Bevo podcast. We talk exclusively college football and specifically Oklahoma and Texas. So this conversation, which was a little bit of a tangent, but I think, you know, on on trend with what's been occurring here locally, how does tornado season impact recruiting at University of Oklahoma? Do you think that tornado season, that other schools, specifically Texas, are using Tornado Alley against Oklahoma recruits? I mean, maybe. Maybe, but the thing about it, the thing I've noticed about people here, they're pretty aware. There's a lot of safety measures. My wife and I, at our old house, we didn't have a tornado shelter, so we knew if ever there was one on the way, we can go straight to the university, and they had several storm shelters. I think the library, the lower level of the library, is a storm shelter. So yes. Okay, I hear you. It, and it's I pre- safe. No, no, no. I, I look, I'm, not, I'm not questioning the safety. That's not, yeah. that's not, I'm not questioning the protocol. What I'm saying is the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, well, yeah, I know, I, I hear what you're saying. And the, the imagery, probably so. like, the, 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 fact, ever... the fact that a student has to contemplate where he would go in the event of a tornado while he's taking his official visit, does that affect <laughs> recruiting? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm you're sure not hearing does, that man. in Austin. You're not hearing that in Austin. You're yeah. not hearing that. Not at all. So, Not at all. I mean, yes, listen, schools I, would use whatever they can to get an edge. So I'm, I'm sure it, I'm sure it happens. If I'm on <laughs> if I am on Sarkeesian staff and we are going head to head with an Oklahoma recruit, I'm like, here, let me play you some tornado coverage from the last week. You tell me, do yeah. you want to be a part of this? Are you really listen want to be to, ducking and dodging, getting blown away? Listen to how many times they say, oh, you students, I know that you're watching this and I know you're probably studying, but you need to get underground now, especially if you're watching David Payne. I was going to say, is David Payne recruiting? Is he recruiting against OU, basically? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Thank you. That's it. It's full circle. David Payne actively recruiting against Oklahoma, and it sucks. It's a real deal, man. I think this is a real phenomenon. We might need to investigate this some more. Anytime we lose a recruit, um, there's like four out of the top ten. Four out of the top five recruits in OU are strong leans to coming to OU, which is great, positive sign. But, like, there's number three guy, uh, and I don't even know where he's from. I don't even know his name because everybody has already written him off. But, like, the number three recruit in, for, in the state of Oklahoma is, like, I'm not going to Oklahoma. And I'm wondering if he wants to get away from the tornadoes. Hey, look, man, maybe so. Some kids, they just want to do something different, right? Look at all the kids from Austin who don't go to, to Texas. Happens Baker all Mayf- the time. Baker Mayfield, Derek Strait. Um I don't know. Some of these guys, I don't know if Texas didn't recruit Baker Mayfield just like nobody else did other than Washington State. Texas didn't recruit a quarterback until Steve Sarkeesian got to town. It it appeared that way. It was rough for a while there. There were years. There were years, Kevin. There were years where Texas was a quarterback desert. I mean, when you were rolling out Case McCoy and uh, Tyrone Swoops. Tyrone Swoops, and I know he was highly recruited, but he he wasn't good. No, he wasn't. Um, I mean, until you got to Ellinger, and let's face it, El- 
you know, gritty and, you know, love to have him on your team, blah, blah, blah. You know, he was not, he was never on any Heisman shortlist. You know what yeah, I mean? Correct. Correct. Um, but even, he but was before, just the first competent guy we had. But between Colt McCoy and Ellinger, what are you talking about? You're talking almost 10 years? Yeah, if you wonder why we fell off a cliff, that that's a big part of it. It's all quarterback. Huge part you, of it. You know, you could look at quarterback play, can't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And how is at that... the very least, if you have a good quarterback, that at least gives you eight or nine wins, at least. How does Texas do how, – how in that time frame do they miss out on so many quarterbacks? Like, to me, it just it, – you would think by accident. By accident, somebody from, yeah. the, from the state of Texas would show up and play – I mean, look at Oklahoma. It's a, it's an – at Texas Tech obviously signed Baker Mayfield, to be fair, but that was an accident. They didn't expect Baker Mayfield to come in and no. win the job as a true freshman. Yeah, they would offer him a scholarship if they would have thought that. Uh, no, you're to your point, 100%. So you think by accident, by accident, yeah, you'd have Someone a- just falls in your lap. Yeah, it's just a calamity of errors when it comes to, you know, the evaluation process and the development process. Who was the worst quarterback to start for y'all in that span? Probably swoops. Really, over McCoy and who was the case was pretty okay. He was too. pretty he, weak, man. Yeah, he was, but yeah, swoops though, man. He he just couldn't really hit a pass. It was it was rough with him. If he had a couple of good performances, he played pretty good in that. Wow, uh, the Red River shootout that year. That's what I was going to say. Is for an Oklahoma fan, it's hard to imagine how bad he was on a game to game basis because the two like the two times he. Teed it up against us, right? Was it two or just the one game? Um, I think it was just the one game. Oh, but he was fantastic. He was fantastic. He was untackleable. It was yeah. it was insane how good he was against us. And I mean, you know, that speaks to how bad our defense was starting to get at the time. But he he really did light light us up in terms of just. That was such an ugly game. Remember that him and Trevor Knight on the other side. It's just like, what are we doing? Well, oh, you didn't we run a touchdown back in the first quarter? You had two non-offensive touchdowns. You had a pick yeah. six by uh, Zach Sanchez, and then you had, I think it was Alex Ross, had a kickoff return. Yes, it was Alex Ross. I remember yeah. being so bad that our kicker kicked the ball off to the 10-yard line. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, all right, well, so y'all have had that bad run of quarterbacks. You know, we our bad run of quarterbacks, kind of between Landry Jones and Baker, consisted of, Blake Bell, Trevor Knight. Um, but there was one kid in there that started a game at Texas Tech that they did not let him throw the ball. Do you remember this? I do. Like, oh, my gosh. I can't think who that was. It wasn't the Cody Thomas kid. Was that him? Yeah, Cody Thomas. That that's him? right. Yep, that's right. Cody Thomas. And they wouldn't let – in the second half against Texas Tech, they didn't let him throw the ball. Yeah. Like, you know what? You're handing off to Samaje Piran, and you are not. That's crazy. And then, you, yeah, you end up with – this kid from Tech and who ends up becoming a legend. He was a walk-on. It's crazy how it works out, man. Um. Anyway, you know, hey, this is going to be a great show. In the in the inner in between tornado warnings, uh, I was checking out Celtic Sixers. We're getting Game Seven out of this. Yeah, Are you fired up? Oh I love yeah, game man. Seven. Nothing, nothing like a Game Seven NBA Game Seven, dude. And Celtic Sixers. I mean, that's old school. That's like early 80s. I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast that can remember some of that. I barely remember Dr. J. Like, I, yeah, I remember him. I, when, I, my uncles told me about him growing up. I knew all about him, but I never 
Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, mean, I remember him like retiring, like okay. I like that last season, and I think they played against the Bucks, and they, you know, and he had a standing ovation, and he was retiring and calling it. But, but this is this goes back that far. I mean, the Sixers have not been good for very, 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 very long time. Yeah, they had to run with Iverson. They made the finals in two thousand one. Yeah, got smoked yeah. by that incredible Lakers team. Uh, Allen Iverson, uh, best player ever under six foot. How tall is Isaiah Thomas? He's over six foot. Right? Pistons. Okay, then probably so. I I don't know. I even I get. Hold on, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that. But then I'm gonna yeah, it's six one. He's six one. What about Iverson? They listed him as six foot, right? Or six one? What oh, they listed him as? No way. I know he's not six feet. I know he isn't. The internet has him at. Let's see if it's stats have it. Six. The internet has him at six foot, but dude, that dude was six foot. There's no way. No, he was five ten max. Um. You, okay. Well, this is. I did not expect this question today, but you're saying that Isaiah Thomas was better than Allen Iverson. Yes. Did win three titles, but two. Zeke's, Two titles, but Zeke's supporting cast was so much. That's better. true. Yeah, and I, I mean, listen, I love AI. I love AI, but man, I don't know. I, you know, and and Isaiah's was a, a longer period of success. You would you could argue too. People did not like Isaiah Thomas, though. We've talked about this on this podcast how he got shut out of the Dream Team because Jordan and Bird and Magic pretty much said no, we don't want him out there, and which is I mean, pretty crazy, right? Pretty crazy just a, a year or two after he's kissing on Magic in the finals, which freaking everybody out. You know, that was such a weird thing. <laughs> you remember weird. that? You remember when yes. they kiss? I mean, they kiss each other on the cheek, and it was like it the was oddest. very odd. It was odd. It was very, yeah, like very you, odd. You can just dap each other up, right? You know, yes, like, there's a fine. lot of, and that was in the late 80s. Yeah, exactly. This wasn't prior, like, prior to any woke. You know, worldview that the world is experiencing now when it comes to athletes and sports. So that was a uh, that was interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. One on one, I think Isaiah. I think I think Iverson beats him in one in in their in their at their peak years, right? So nineteen eighty nine and two thousand and one. If they were to play one on one, doesn't Allen Iverson beat him? I don't know, man. Isaiah. What? Isaiah's he doesn't really know. Really good, man. Well, I, but. Oh. Allen Iverson would be hard to stop one on one because of his quickness and his crossover. The crossover was insane. And we crossed out Jordan as a rookie. I think Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he did win a national championship in the in, in, in NCAA national championship too, didn't he? Yeah, Indiana. Indiana. Uh huh. Yeah. But did Iverson yeah. only play? Iverson only played one year for no, Georgetown. I thought he was there at least two. I could be wrong though, but I thought he was there a few years. Oh my gosh! I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. I. We might, you know what, dude? Let's circle back to this. I'm going to think about this over this podcast, and we're going to we're going to, before we close out, we'll we'll have a definitive word on this. Anyway, Celtics and Sixers right now. Uh, Nuggets and Suns are playing. So if you're listening to this, uh, obviously on uh, Friday, you're going to obviously know the outcome. We do not know the outcome. It's middle of the second quarter. You and I talked about this off the podcast when it came to jo- uh, Jokic. So. I was telling you that I don't watch a lot of Denver Nugget basketball, right? So throughout the year, I when people are either on first take or on sports radio or, or you're reading an article, 
And they're like, oh, there's no way Jokic is the best player in the league. You know, so many other different players. And they even bring up the race car. You know, they throw out so many different reasons why he's not the best player. And then I watched him the entire game, game five. Kevin, he's the best player in the NBA right now. He is. He uh, is, man. I mean, I mean there's nothing, all you got to do is watch it. There's nothing he can't do. He's, he's making steals, making blocks. He's one of the best passers in the league, regardless of position. Not just a good passing big man. He's one of the best passers in the league. Passers in the league. Yeah, I mean, he averaged 9.8 assists this year. 9.8. I mean, when's the last time a seven when's the last time a seven footer averaged that? I, I don't know oh, if, I mean, if ever, it ever happened. I don't know if it's ever happened. And there's no better pass passing big man in the history of the NBA. Who was a better passer? Maybe Bill Russell. I don't know. I mean, I can't yeah. even think. I mean, yeah. I mean, Duncan was a pretty good passer. Um, Shaq was a good passer. He was an underrated passer from the post, from the double yeah, team. But, would but, come. but he wasn't. But he's not he dropping dimes, though. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And he sits up at the top of that key, and it's like it's like he's playing seven on seven, and he's the quarterback. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's guys, like the point guard. And guys are just making constant motion, and he's just dropping. I mean, just in this game that I'm watching in the first five minutes, he had like three assists, and it's like – he hadn't even shot a ball yet. And you're thinking, well, this guy's still the best player on the, on the court. So mm-hmm. anyway, I just find that conversation fascinating because you hear it almost obviously every year because he's been, is this going to be his third year in a row? Getting the, like how many? He didn't years? win it this year. Um, he won two, the last two MVPs. Who this won year it this year? Embiid, Joel Embiid. You know what? I take, oh, yes, yes. That was all part yeah. of the conversation. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think Jokic is better than Embiid. And I like him. I, I not... think he is. I think he is too. But man, and he was really, really good this year. What do you um, think about him? What do you think about him being? Is he going to be hurt for Game Seven? Embiid. I hope not. I I want the best guys out there. He's you had know? a really good. He's had a really good series. Um, he's had a this very, season, very good series for Embiid. By the way, thirty three point one points, ten point two rebounds, four assists, uh, a game. So. Yeah, that's pretty salty, dude. It's, it's, it really yeah. is. No, he's a, and he's improved every year, and he's gone through so much. I mean, the and guy eighty-five gets, percent from the line. Yeah, the guy eighty-five percent for a center. He just gets ridiculed and beat up too for just some of the stupid stuff he says and does, and that stupid yeah. organizations he's had to play for for all these years. Yeah, the but, process crap. Oh my gosh, that was look. I mean, you're you're seeing the thunder. You know, the thunder effectively tanked and rebuilt, but man, that was like a three-year process. Yeah. I can't imagine what that felt like in Philadelphia. How long for how long that went that went on? Yeah. And if you think about it, most of those guys that they that the process was about, I mean, Ben Simmons, that's horrible, right? Markel Fultz was another number one pick they had. He's playing for Orlando, and even for a few years there, he wouldn't even shoot. He had. Some I was about to of, say, has he gotten over the yips yet? I think he has. He's become a pretty good player for Orlando, but you know, so the process really has been a disaster. Other than him. Yeah, no, I, I just think if you – the problem is losing is – for anybody out there watching The Natural, this is a shout-out to my man, uh, Brandon. We were talking about this the other day. He knew exactly what I was talking about. This guy – first of all, this guy, Brandon, Army Aviator. How legit is that? The dude looks like he uh, is a, a recruiting poster for Army Aviation. The dude just look. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's, it's super impressive. Um, he's basically so anyway, ca- Captain America. Yeah, I guess you have captains in the army. I think he's a major though. Or two. I mean, Captain America. Like, like yeah, no, I understand. He looks like Captain America. 
Yeah. Anyway, he, he, he's going to get this reference. Okay. Losing is a disease. Right. And once you start losing, it is really hard to turn that ship around. It is really hard to start building a culture where then you now want to win. And I tell you what, Philadelphia, it is to, it is, it's way past the process. It took years and years and years and years yeah. and years. And I just can't imagine a city like that's as hardcore about their sports as Philadelphia is, was able to have that level of patience for so long. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, losing and winning, the this was fascinating when it came to OU Texas over the last couple of weeks. But the win totals have started to filter out now for what everybody's anticipating in the lines on DraftKings, stuff like that coming out for the 23 season. Um, the narrative around Texas right now is that you guys are on the way up. You guys are a top five team. You guys are poised to break through finally and make it to a college football playoff. You're going to win the conference. You are the front runner, the front dog, and you are trending towards a triumphant entry into the SEC. That is the narrative facing the University of Texas right now. From some people, yeah. And and I don't know that I'm even uh, at, the, at least for the sake of what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not being facetious. Like that's the narrative, and there's probably some merit to it. Maybe I don't know. We'll talk about that. Oklahoma, on the other hand, listen to guys like Feinbaum, other national pundits. Um, just a general thought in terms of this, still the hangover of Lincoln Riley having left us and this whole deal is that Oklahoma is continuing to, to, is going to continue to languish. They're in the depths of despair. They're going to limp into the sec. They have no chance of making the playoff this year, let alone winning the big 12. You know, none of that is on the national radar for Oklahoma yet. The win totals for both teams are the line is nine and a half. Nine and a is half. That, 9.5 for each school. Okay. I will give Texas Alabama. Okay. So you get Alabama. You take Alabama off your schedule. Does that mean that you're a 10 and a half win team? I mean, is, uh, is that how big the Alabama game looms on your schedule that it's a guaranteed loss based on what everybody else is saying about how good y'all are? Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does. I mean, that's that's a rough game for Texas, man. And I know they played them close last year, right? Probably should have won last year. And I know they got their quarterback issues. But, man, playing in Tuscaloosa, it's just a whole different game, right? So, I mean, I think yes, they maybe I, have a 35% chance of winning that game. I would feel much better if it was in Austin again. Dude, we're going to talk about that. We've talked about this game, and we're going to continue to talk about the game. It's the best game on either of our two team schedules. It was the best game last year on any of our two team schedules. Um, so we're going to talk about this game, but I want just let's talk a little bit about it right now. Y'all are returning the quarterback. Y'all are yeah. in the third year of the coach. Y'all have uh, returning players throughout the you know on both sides of the ball that you're really counting on. Alabama was a three loss team last year. They're not, they're starting, they're, they had to go to the transfer portal to find a quarterback. We don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be for sure. Um, they lost defensive players all over the field. So, it, I mean, if the narrative is true about Texas, then why is this such an instantaneous loss as this projected win total would seem to indicate? Because it's Alabama, man. No team in the country has earned the benefit of the doubt 
like Nick Saban in Alabama has. They just figure it out. Last year was weird with those three losses. It was just weird, man. Despite, especially with all the talent that they had, it was weird, right? I mean, they lost. Well, Who they lose to? The Tennessee game. Tennessee was really good last year, and they had, what, a 14-game losing streak. Had to end eventually, right? Did they lose to LSU? They lost to LSU on the road and overtime. And, I mean, look, it's LSU, man. It's a hard place to win. Yeah. You know, and I forget who their uh, who their third loss uh, was to. Let's see. I mean, they killed Kansas State. They did. Google always is a pain in the butt here. Let's see. All right, here we go. Now they were eleven and two last year. They only had two losses. Yeah, they had two losses. So those two, Tennessee mm-hmm. and LSU. I mean, that's those are two acceptable losses. Yeah, two. Those only two losses in conference. I mean, Tennessee was really, really good last year. They yeah, had a, that's, I thought they had a special season. That's before Hyatt got hurt. Yeah, um, uh-huh. and even then, that game it took every point that Tennessee could put on the board to beat them. I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is we're blue bloods, right? Yeah. Both teams? I would think so. Uh, why do we have to be second tier to Alabama? Well, I just mean right now. I mean, what have they got? Six national championships or five natties? No, but those are different teams, dude. Those are teams True. that had... Re- True. Those are teams that yeah. had returning quarterbacks. Those were teams that didn't have two defensive ends taken in the first round. Like, I, yeah. I, I just, I mean, let's, dude, who was one of their wide receivers last year? They did not have a wide receiver last year that was that they, that no, they did not Rushing have. Build them out of. Oh, I mean, so many. I mean, and their and their running back that left early. Yeah, they got picked. I mean, first that guy was. A, yes, yeah. that guy was a stud. He, him, and Bryce Young are the reason y'all lost to Alabama, right? Really, it was just Bryce Young, but yeah. Well, but uh-huh. Gibbs had a good first half that kept them in the game. At least yeah. gave some offensive because he had that big long touchdown run, didn't he? Like no, that was actually Jason McClellan who had the long run. Oh, okay, was it? Yeah, okay. I remember him, former OU commit, yeah, committed uh, to OU for three years. Uh, you're right. After That's his sorry. freshman year, and then flips to Alabama like two days before signing day. Thanks. Is he still there? I believe he is. Well, I hope he runs all over y'all. Um, my point is, I guess my point is, is you got this narrative, and I just find it fascinating that you're still at nine and a half wins. Conversely, you look at Oklahoma, and the narrative is the wheels are going to continue to fall off. We don't have the pieces yet. Brent Venables is in over his head, and yet we have nine and a half wins. Now, granted, the schedule is disastrously bad. To remind everybody, we had Georgia on this schedule. They were scheduled to play. We had a home and home. But when the SEC came to town and we officially joined, we had to drop Georgia from it. We replaced them with SMU. Now, did you have to? Like, did you have to? I don't know who could. Who else could you have replaced them with at, at well, that later date? Yeah, I get it because this is going to be the first year of it, right? I think Texas left Alabama on because it was the second year of theirs. That's yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I think I, that's why. No, that makes I sense. I mean, I think that there could have maybe been a way to have make this a non-conference game and then play Georgia next year and then make it a conference game. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to I be honest, too much trouble. 
Well, I don't know why it would have been too much trouble. Like, honestly, when you really think about it, like, what difference does it make? But for whatever reason, they thought it made a difference, so they canceled it. Um, now, Oklahoma, but if Alabama is not being given an opportunity, if Texas is not being given an opportunity to beat Alabama, Oklahoma on that same thought process would have been smoked by Georgia this year. Game two, it would have been tough. It's rough. Yeah, that's a tough ask, especially so early in the season. But with that being said, looking at the rest of our schedule, I struggle to find less than um, 11 wins. Because the Texas game is what – the Texas game is the biggest game on the schedule, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and that game's always a toss-up. TCU is not the same TCU from last year, though, correct? I don't expect them to be. They lost a ton of players to the NFL. And Oklahoma they State – eight players drafted, something like that? Oklahoma State doesn't have a quarterback anymore, which I still think is fascinating, That whole how that whole thing went down between uh, Spencer Sanders and uh, Mike Gundy. Um. I think Cincinnati on the road could be intriguing, but we've talked about this. No Luke Fickle. You know, it doesn't really make you as nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU, I think, is going to be interesting late in the season. Weather conditions could play a factor in that game. But at yeah. the same time, Oklahoma is going to be favored in every game except Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet they're only at nine and a half wins. It just, I don't. I don't know how they get to that win total unless the national perception is driving down the betting line. I mean, you. I don't know, man, because sometimes it's, you know, the, how the media works, right? They know how to get at fan bases. They're getting at it's, us, dude. They're getting at us. And that's how they, and with Texas, it's the opposite. You hype up Texas because it brings out all the Texas haters to remind Texas fans how much they have sucked over the last decade. I think that's what a lot. Of, I think that's what a lot of this is about from the national narrative. Now, listen, Brent Venables has to earn the benefit of the doubt, right? Like six and seven in his first season as a head coach, so he's got the great opportunity here to turn it around, right? You win nine games this year compared to six. That's a huge. That's a big. That's a big improvement. Apparently, he's never. Coached a team, been a, been a coach on a team with a losing record. This was his first ever losing record in like a thirty year career coaching, wow. going all the way back to like graduate assistant type stuff. And K State, K State, yeah. Garden State Community College, like this whole like his entire career, he's wow. never had a losing record. Um, doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot because now he has had one. I don't know. I just think I I. I want this football season to start like yesterday because I want Oklahoma to prove that we can be as good as, as I think they can be. And everybody and, and a lot of Oklahoma fans think they can be, I mean, you we've talked about their defensive, the, the, the need to improve on defense. They've added three instant improvements defensively with in, in the transfer portal, Yeah, not to mention Peyton Bowen and potentially Adebari on the defensive line. Like those, yeah. that could be five, that could be nearly half your starters are complete upgrades like turnkey starters contributing players uh, at a much higher productivity level than in 2022 that has to account for something it has to account in the win total no i completely agree i want to see how the defensive tackles look 
I think that was a big struggle. Uh, kind of why you struggled against the run. It was a person. It's a personnel issue more than anything else. The scheme that Venables runs, you know, Clemson, he had really big physical defensive linemen. Well, Alex Grinch, his defense was to guys that move quickly, that can slant, get across the face of an offensive lineman. Speed Venables, Speed Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then with – and again, listen, it was up and down for you guys with his defense, right? A lot of down. down. It was mostly, mostly down. down. But again, that's what the players that were there were recruited to do. You bring in Venables, so he's got all these guys who don't fit that scheme. So he's got to get guys in at that position that can fit his scheme. And I think we saw that with the way the run defense was. And then also that led to the, you know, bad pass defense too. I could I can agree with you that in terms of player upgrades, the the – the one thing that doesn't show an instant upgrade is the interior on the defensive line. Because yeah. Bothroyd, Bothroyd's a defensive end. McCullough's at Cheetah or, you know, kind of a roving backer mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, Pearson's in that safety position. So Bowen's a, a, Bowen's a free safety. Uh, Adabari, he's kind of on that defensive end area too, right? So Yeah, he's an edge player for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think on the defensive line, you're right that we run the risk of not having not seen immediate improvement there. But um, I just don't know that that's the secondary be though should be significantly improved though. I, I think the secondary is going to be improved. Um, I just I don't see anybody on this schedule outside of Texas that's going to that that's going to overpower us uh, on the interior line like they did last year though. You know we've got to yeah. be better. And here's the deal, dude. We don't have uh, we don't have K State, well, which was and, almost and a guaranteed loss guys, over the six years. Yeah, I mean, and then you don't play Texas Tech, who I I think is going to be contending to play for the conference title. Yeah, you've been high. I on think Tech. they're going to be good. I am. I'm high on Coach Joey McGuire. I really like what he's doing out there, and I think they're going to be good this year. Um, in other news. And other sporting news, um, before we get to other sporting news, we haven't done a full-fledged Brown O'Haver commercial in a couple of episodes. So if you're a first-time listener or to our long-time listeners, Brown O'Haver is our title sponsor, the title sponsor of the Boomer Bebo podcast. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm. We We adjust claims for the insured, not the insurance company. So... If you're down in Norman and you got hit by those tornadoes uh, in late April, okay, and you have not been paid your full settlement on your insurance policy, you need to call Brown O'Haver 405-735-5510. If you know somebody who's complaining to you and they're saying, man, my insurance company's really screwing me over, tell them, please call 405-735-5510. Ask to speak to Alice or Jessica or Jeffrey or Kevin or John. And say, hey, this is what's happening with my insurance claim. It's starting to happen. We're starting to hear the rumblings. The rosy glow of the insurance adjuster-client relationship is quickly fading. People are getting upset. If you're getting upset or you're not getting what you should be getting, you need to give us a call. If you've got recent damage or a fire, call us. 405-735-5510. We get clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. If you've already been paid an amount, it, 
it costs you nothing to talk to us. You would only owe us a fee if we got you additional money. Call us, 405-735-5510. Kevin, in other news from around the sports world, the NFL has released their schedule for 2023. It opens up with Chiefs-Lions as the very first game of the year on a Thursday night. Fascinating that the Lions are garnering opening night attention against the defending champions. I love it. I was high on the Lions last Me year. Me too. Yeah, we both were. I loved uh, I loved uh, Hard Knocks. I, I'm all about uh, a- uh, Aiden Hutchinson, that whole thing. I'm, I'm excited yeah, about Dan that. Campbell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think it's great. Uh, Bill's Jets is going to be the Monday night football game the first year, the first uh, weekend, which is we talked about Aaron Rodgers in the last podcast. I think this is going to just be must-see TV. Um, B. John Robinson will be opening his NFL career against the Panthers in week one. Surely he's the starting quarterback or starting running back week one, right? Oh, he, yeah, I think so. They, 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 got Tyler, they got a kid, Tyler Algier, who, Algier, who was a rookie last year. He had a pretty good season. I think he had 1,000 yards. But yeah, Arthur Smith, he loves to run the ball. They're going to run the ball all the time. And I do have questions about their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, kid out of Cincinnati, played some last year. I have no idea if he's good or not. So they're going to run the crap out of the ball. Let me ask you a serious question. Are you going to get any Atlanta Falcons gear and or Dirty Bird gear now that B. John Robinson is there? Will you you sport it? I may get a B. John Robinson jersey and maybe frame it in support of him. But I will not wear – but I will not – no, I'm not buying like a Falcons hat. Will you hang it if you get a jersey and hang it up? Will you hang it up behind you instead of the girly picture that is in your background right now? Well, maybe for the podcast. This is my wife's office, so hey, yeah, you're, I would. You're you're telling me when your wife's working, she would not want Bijan's jersey smiling down on her. I'm sure she'd be fine with it. I hope not. I hope she would hate it. Remember, Casey's an Oklahoma fan. I hope yeah, she, she would is. like. I hope she would like draw derogatory stuff on it all over it. Um, she wouldn't because it's Bijan. If it was anybody else, like if it was a Kevin Durant jersey, it might be a little different. I got to be fair. You know what? To be reasonable to Bijan, he's not He's not an easy guy to not dislike. He's not an easy yeah. guy to dislike. He's actually quite pleasant. It's like Gerald McCoy. Yeah. For OU. Like I, Bijan is one of those guys you wish was on your team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, you can't I'm, say I'm a bad okay. thing about him. So I, I would get, but I wouldn't. No, I'm not going to buy like a Falcons hat. Uh, no. I I already bought a Buccaneers hat uh, when Tom Brady came to the Bucks because I am that guy, unlike you. And I will be sporting that Week One against the Vikings when Baker makes his starting debut. Um, I think he's going to do terribly there. That is my prediction. I am not uh, optimistic about it. I for some reason I just. I don't feel good about it. Um, this is not I mean, the same. It's not the same team that Tom Brady had even two or three years ago. It's just no, not. They're they're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, aren't they? I I mean, I, I, probably right. I mean, the the only saving grace for them is they are in the NFC South. Yeah, and the NFC South uh, kind of sucks. I mean, like New Orleans should always be better than they are, but they're not quite. But I don't know. 
Now, let me ask you this, though. The, the, the one thing that caught me uh, is not specifically the actual games, but the fact that there are games. There's a triple header on Christmas. As an NBA fan, are you bugged by a triple header by the NFL Man, on Christmas? You know, there used to almost be, I guess, maybe a gentleman's agreement with the NFL. Hey, we're not yeah. going to. We'll let you guys have Chris. Not anymore. That ended last year. We saw it. They were games yeah. on Chris. And, of course, the ratings are through the roof because every NFL game, the ratings are through the roof. I don't care what's on. What else is on? People are going to watch the NFL. So, man, yeah, it's, it's just kind of ruined that for the NBA because guess what I'll probably be watching? I'll probably be oh, watching the NFL game. Yep. Right? Uh, okay. So that that's the NFL. That's I mean, that's on Christmas. That's the middle finger to the NBA. What about the middle finger to the college football playoff? Isn't the college football playoff typically played on New Year on New Year's Eve? They're going to be you a know, triple header on New Year's Eve. Does is it Sunday mean- though? What day is it? No, because isn't Christmas on a Sunday? And that or is that I have a Monday? No idea. Oh, let's look. Let's look at the calendar. How many shops? Yeah, it's a Sunday. Yeah, December thirty first. It's a Sunday, so nothing, nothing okay. they can do about that. So, do you think? What do you think they'll do? You think they'll play that the playoff game? The playoff. We'll probably be on the 30th, I imagine. Let's look it up. CFP 2023. Yeah. 24 dates. Oh, where are they? Hmm. Hmm. Monday, January 1st. So you think they're not going to have a Monday? Are they not going to have a Monday night game then? Probably not, right? They won't have a Monday night game. Hey, that'll be cool, though, to well, be on Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably not. That'll be cool to get it back on New Year's Day. Remember back in the day when we were kids and you could have, like, nine televisions going? Like, mm-hmm. my dad would set up an extra TV, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. We had two TVs. You know, today, you got computer and your phone and split screen on your, you know, but back in the mm-hmm. day, dude, you did two televisions and you tried to just, and it was, you know, Gator Bowl, Outback Bowl, Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, just bam, 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 bam. Just crazy thing in the world. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah the, the Fiesta Bowl was always that late game. Um, Man, it was great, dude. I loved it. I yeah, loved it. It'll be nice I, to have that. It'll be nice to have that back on New Year's Day. And that's why New Year's Day still remains my favorite holiday. That and Thanksgiving. Literally because of football. Yeah, the, I think the college football playoff being on New Year's Eve is taking a little bit of that away from New Year's Day. Okay, um, I, I, I mean you always sense. have the yeah. you always have the Rose Bowl, and I love the Rose Bowl. What is Nothing it? It's better. Rose. It's Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, which are two pretty good bowls. Um. Anyway, that's exciting. All right, Kevin, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap this up because it's getting a little late here in the Central Time Zone, but. We got to come back to the burning question. Allen Iverson or Isaiah Thomas. Peak of their career. Their best year to their best year. Okay. Who are you taking? One-on-one. Man. If it's one-on-one. One-on-one. I'm taking AI. Wow. Wow. But if you're asking me who had a better career, I'm going with um, I'm going with Zeke, Detroit Pistons. Yeah, golly, I'm going with Allen Iverson. 
I think Allen Iverson. I think Allen Iverson was a better basketball player. I think Allen loves Allen Iverson. I think Allen Iverson did not have the benefit of a supporting cast. I think Allen Iverson made absolute. He made everything he could get out of his out of his personage to get them to the finals. That was all on Allen Iverson. He put it all out there. That was all on him. One hundred percent. Where Isaiah Thomas and I, I love it. I mean, this is a hard decision, but Isaiah Thomas had Joe Dumars, vastly underrated basketball player. Joe Dumars mm-hmm. was a heck of a two guard. Okay, he had Bill Lambeer. He had um, uh, Mark Aguirre, especially in the two years that he won. You know, Mahorn, John Sally, Dennis uh, Rodman. I mean, those, Den- oh yeah, Dennis Rodman. What are you talking? About? He's a Hall of Fame, you know, defender, rebounder, mm-hmm. and he was a much better offensive player when he was with the Pistons. And on top of that, he had Chuck Daly. Now, Iverson had Larry Brown, but Larry Brown was a weird kind of pro coach. So I don't know about he all that. was kind of weird. Yeah, uh huh. He was weird. I'm thinking of that, Although right? That, that Detroit Brown. team he coached, though. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It was Larry Brown. Yeah, and then he went to Detroit. And then he went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm right. He I'm won his championship out. there uh, with Detroit. Is that with, with Chauncey Billups, that team? Yeah, Ben was Wallace, Chauncey Billups Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. Team. That was a good was that underrated uh, run they had. Was that before or after the pa- the Malice at the Palace? That was uh, before, that was right? Before. Yeah, I think the Malice was maybe, oh, Six oh five oh six. Wait a minute! No, 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 no! Wait a minute! I think that oh, was before that. They won the title in 04. It might have been around the same time, actually. November nineteenth, two thousand four. Okay, yeah, they won the title. Well, okay, it was a year after they won the title. Then they would have won the title in you know June of 04. What a fantastic! This is them coming off of a championship. That was a fantastic oh, it's the, fight. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Did you see it live? Yes. That was back in the day when so I used to watch NBA basketball. Yeah. I I think I was like 20 at the time. Yeah. So we're at this little, this all-ages pool hall back in San Antonio. And the game is just on. And you just, was that the one on the road right there? Um, what road was that on? Where, okay, where not the it? one. You're talking about the one on Calabria? Yes, not on that one. No, this one was on in Leon Valley on um, Bandera and Eckerd Road. I think I might have been to that one though. I think okay. it was. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's I know yeah, exactly what you're talking Marsh- about. Yeah, not far yes. from Marshall High School. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, exactly that's where we were. And they had they had a big, uh, a huge TV screen back there. They had a bunch of TVs, but they had this one that was like a, covered the full wall. And we're just everybody in the pool hall was watching this. Like, how is this actually oh, happening in the NBA gosh. game? With the fans too. I mean, drinks are being thrown, chairs are being thrown. Oh, fans insane. are stepping on the court, getting knocked out by players. It was fantastic. Players in the stands. Yeah. I can't even with. I I don't even want to know with social media today what would happen if something like that. Oh, happened. I know, I know. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I it would be insane. Okay, so we're agreeing that Al, Allen Iverson is a demonstration. You know what? Player, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the stats here, right? I mean, okay. all right. Give us Isaiah Thomas, for his career, 19 points, nine assists, 3.6 rebounds for Isaiah Thomas. Pretty good numbers for a point guard, for a true point guard, too. True point guard, yep. Yeah, 19 points, 9.3 assists, 3.6 rebounds. And, Allen and, Iverson. And, and to be fair, real quick, could score when he had to. Correct. Yes. I mean, th- th- those numbers are a little deceptive. 
Because if he needed to go for 35, he could go for 35. Correct. He's a 12-time All-Star, two-time champion. Um, Gold medal winner, 96. No, he was not on. Uh, no, I'm talking about um, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he was he on was the 96 team. Was he? he not, was he not on the 96 team? I don't think so. I think he was already retired by then. Oh, was he on like the 94 team after that? There was only 92 or 96. For every four years okay. of the Olympics. All right, keep going with that. Uh-huh. And then um, he's a member of the 75th anniversary team. So top 75 all time. And of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Allen Iverson, on the other hand, 11-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ, four-time. He was All-NBA seven times. He was a 97 Rookie of the Year. He was a 2001 MVP, and he was also on the 75th anniversary team. So, what was his an what incredible was his, what, career? What was his points per game again? 26.7. Yeah, no, he's a better yeah. player. Six assists and three rebounds, 3.7 rebounds. And no one played harder. He played hurt all the Dude, time. They, he's always getting knocked to the floor. You ready for this? You're right. This is this is what this is what's called a dad joke. I'm setting this up. Okay. All right. So just everybody out there know that this is I this is I'm fully self-aware when I make this what the joke I'm about to make. Think about how good he would have been if he actually went to practice. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Not, not the game. Not, not the, the game. game. Not the game he loved. We talking about practice. <laughs> Listen, Kevin, is there a better video in the world? No. Is there a better video in the world? I don't think not there is. Listen, as an mm-hmm. OU fan, the Mike Gundy video is is right up there, right? I mean, it is it yeah. is very very close. It's not better. It's the no. Allen Iverson video is the number one YouTube video in my mind of all freaking time. Undisputed champion. Correct. Yeah, it's the best. And that includes ever. cat videos. That includes cat videos. And the thing about Iverson too, I mean, I heard you know he he loved to party. So I'm, oh, I, he you went know, hard. he went hard. Yeah. And still played so hard. So imagine if he would have put the kind of maybe focus and dedication into the game, like a Kobe or even somewhere in between yeah, that. Kobe always, was maniacal. Listen, dude, people always say that. People always want to talk about that. In fact, I heard this the other day. My wife brought this up to me. We're way off topic now. I don't, I don't even care. Boomer Bebo podcast. It's about OU Texas, whatever. Okay. Listen, they were talking about the fact that Andre Agassi um, was too self-critical, that he that he was too hard on himself, that he spoke too negatively about himself. And it was for that reason that he was never as good as Roger Federer or Pete Sampras. Okay? Interesting. Okay. And my point is, much like my point with, with AI, right, is how do we know – that he didn't maximize everything he had. You know, who who says that those are the factors that kept him from being better? What if those are the factors that got him as high as he was? Andre Agassi was one of the best tennis players of all time. Uh, Allen Iverson averaged 26 points in the league under at under six foot in a on a terrible team. He was ter- the team was terrible. I mean, Terrible. yes, he partied. Maybe he partied too. I don't know. Could he have? Could he would have? But it takes the whole package to be able to create performance like that. If he would have done what Kobe did, 
Who's to say he doesn't burn out and he, he's not that same player? That is true. That's a good point. I don't know. I could be point. full of crap. I could be full of crap. I don't know. But you, to you me, are, but you know. I, I think it's interesting when people criticize the best players in the world at a, at a given sport and say they didn't live up to their potential. Well, Alan Iverson, under six foot, didn't live up to his potential. Andre well, you never Agassi, hear me say that. Andre Agassi, who won, I, I don't even know what he, I know he won majors, right? Yeah. The guy was a heck of a tennis player. I, I would argue that he potentially exceeded his expectations, you know? And, and with Iverson, I remember, like, you know, he's just a cultural icon, too. You know, like, he, he, he's he absolutely represent- that dude. And you know what's interesting about Allen Iverson, and I think you'll agree with this, is he kind of represented that shift in in basketball culture that occurred at the turn of the century. Okay. So you had the Michael Jordans. They were still holding on to this concept of Larry Bird. They were still holding on to magic. It was it was these team players. It was still a team, very much a team game. Now Jordan had kind of you know, Jordan's always going to be the, the, but he was yeah. that, he was that ultimate kind of hip hop individualistic player, yeah. you know, more of a, more of a video, more, more of a video game than, than, than old school basketball. Is that fair to say? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Very fair. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Like I said, fantastic. he's a cultural icon. I love the guy and a hell of a football player. Go watch the highlights of him playing quarterback in Virginia. Really? And he will tell you that he loves football more than basketball. Um, you know what's interesting at six foot one in 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 two thousand in the two in the two thousand twenties, he could have played football. He probably would have played yeah. football. Yeah, he could have been a quarterback. Yeah. Because exactly. the game the game is different now. The game is the mm-hmm. game is different now. And at six one or six foot or whatever it is, he would have probably thought he actually, as weird as it sounds, had a better chance of playing quarterback than he did playing in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. not, but that was not the case in late nineties. No, you had no you had to be six five. You had to be a six five Ryan Leaf type player to, to be a yeah. quarterback. He would have played corner. That's what he, he would have played. Been, oh, listen, been. NBA NBA athletes are so big and so fast. But because they don't wear pads, you do not realize what kind of freaks they are. You put those dudes in pads, and they tower over half the, the NFL yeah, players. and they'd be the best athletes on the field. It they'd wouldn't be even the be best. I mean, not even mm-hmm. close. All right, fantastic. We have settled one of the greater questions of our life today. Allen Iverson, better than Isaiah Thomas. Oklahoma, underrated. Texas, overrated. It's just a fantastic night. Properly rated. Uh, I, hold on real quick before we go. Just so no. we know. I know the expectations with some are, are high, but for me, who I think I'm, I'm pretty honest about what I think, right? I don't overhype Texas ever, nope. but I, I expect them to be playing for the Big 12 championship. If they're not, I will be disappointed this year. God, both schools should be. Yeah. Both I mean, schools I, should like, be. Yeah. Like, look at Oklahoma's record. I don't know that Oklahoma's the second best team in the league, but their record should get them into the – they should be in there just – by default, just because yeah. they got the O and the U on their helmet. And for Texas, if any of the hype is correct, and if any of the progress has been made, and if Quinn can tighten up some of his percentage, uh, you know, his completion percentage and, and reduce some of those inter- interceptions, 
y'all should be a better team than you were last year. And mm-hmm. you don't have TCU. K-State is not the same K-State team. They've lost both their quarterbacks, right? Adrian Martinez. We didn't have TCU, though. but um, Yeah, but they're not the same team. Yeah, you know, I don't expect them to be the same team at all. So, yes, I agree. We should be playing each other. We should be playing each other twice next year. We should be playing each other twice next year. Yeah. But, you know, right, you got to win those games you got that you should win, right? The That's Alabama right. game, okay. But well, those other games, you got to win them. Kevin, great show. Glad you and your family are safe tonight. Boomer, 